and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. I believe that we can thrive in all areas of life at the same time. But where do we begin? Personally, financially, spiritually, relationally... And often because we don't know where to focus, we do nothing. At least that's the space I lived in for several years. I know what it feels like to constantly be spinning my wheels. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Daily Journal. After working through the Dream Life Action Planner, we need to do something every day so we actually take steps in the direction we desire. Throughout the years, I've developed success habits that have helped me to create a Dream 10 Life in all areas by focusing on one area at a time. And I teach you exactly what to do each and every day in the Dream Life Daily Journal. You'll find a gratitude game every day to start the morning off right. A space for prayer, meditation, journaling. A space to write down your clear and intentional dream life goal with affirmations and visualizations connected to that goal. You'll then have a spot to write down your dream life action to-do list so you can be intentionally taking action towards your goal every single day. I know that by completing the Dream Life Daily Journal every day for at least 30 days, you can create momentum. And when you do that, my friends, you can live your dream life too. Check out the dreamlifetoolkit.com or Amazon to get your copy of the Dream Life Daily Journal today. All right, big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. My name is Denise Walsh. And in this episode, we are talking with certified functional medicine nutrition counselor. Uh, She's also nationally board certified health and wellness coach, Fox 21 fitness nutrition expert, and a fierce industry advocate. Her education in nutrition and exercise began in 2014 when she battled and overcame her own serious GI issues, which included IBS and SIBO. We'll be talking a bit more about what all that means through her own process of finding wholeness, health, and healing for herself, as well as her education and experience with her clients. She has learned that living a nourished life takes more than just eating healthy, whatever that means, right? I think that's <laughs> half of the problem is that means something different to everybody um, or working out, which is you know a similar thing. Our guest teaches that true health is a blend, right? Not only of physical health, but of mental health and spiritual well-being. And that sometimes health just looks like enjoying a burger instead of a salad or taking a nap instead of going for a run. From that experience, she has built a thriving functional medicine coaching practice that works with clients in all key areas of wellness, including movement, nutrition, mindset, resilience, relationships, and self-care. Her mission is to encourage, empower, and free women by teaching healing, whether as clients go through or working with clients, speaking events, business coaching, or personally with people she encounters. She lives and breathes this mission in day in and day out. So big Dreamcast, welcome to founder and CEO of Live Nourished, Hallie Brooke. Denise, it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, I am excited to chat with you. I feel like we speak similar languages, you know, a whole well-rounded 
approach to health. It's not just one size fits all, but it sounds like you got into this field because of some of your own health issues. So tell us a bit, like what is SIBO and what (laughs) kind of issues did you have? And how did that start? Yeah, SIBO is a gnarly one. So SIBO, SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Yeah, our small intestines are typically pretty sterile. We don't want bacteria in there. And so when bacteria gets up in there, really gnarly things happen. So back in 2015, I was teaching math. So I was a middle school math teacher before this. Super hard left turn. I came out of college thinking I wanted to do pre-med. Ended up doing Teach for America. Stuck around for nine years. So where I'm at now is kind of full circle thinking about the medical world. Yeah, I was super stressed and under a ton of pressure and not taking good care of myself and just ended up with gnarly gut issues and was told by multiple doctors that there really wasn't anything that they could do about it. And so, you know, chicken and lettuce and water was the rest of my life. And I went, that cannot be the answer. There has got to be something else. And so I kind of stumbled into functional medicine, just looking for solutions for myself going, there has, this cannot be the rest of my life. Like there has to be something else. Stumbled into functional medicine through what I found and what I learned and a lot of prayer and completely fine now. So totally healed. So IBS and SIBO are not the rest of your life. They are very curable and fell in love, went back to school and here I am. That's fascinating that the Western world would say, sorry, out of luck, probably here's a pill to take for the next 30 years. But in reality, there was a way to actually heal your gut so you no longer had these issues? Yep. Yeah, 100%. It's funny, in in my training and coming out of my degree and starting my business, I did an internship with a gastroenterologist here in Colorado Springs. And I asked her one time, I said, you know, when we diagnose someone with IBS, what do we mean? She goes, oh... That's what we diagnose people with when we don't know what's wrong with them and we don't have a drug to fix it. Kind of like fibromyalgia a little bit. Like, Uh oh, we can't diagnose this. So now this is what you have. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have a drug for this. And so good luck. And it's just, it's not the answer. Our bodies are miraculous and can, you know, we're designed to self-heal. Even going to the best doctor on the planet, the only thing they can do is set you up to heal. It's your body that does it on its own. So yeah, it is very, very healable. And I now eat everything I want. I can eat gluten and dairy. And those are things that I was super allergic to back in the day. And yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Well, we know that there's a (laughs) gut brain connection as well. So I'd have to imagine that when your gut wasn't working right, your brain wasn't working right. And so we'll talk about that in a minute, but I want to hear first, how do you, and I'm sure everyone's different, but like, how did you heal your gut? What I learned, so I'll give you a couple of fun functional medicine facts to start. So our gut epithelial lining, and when I say our gut, you know, we're talking about our stomach, our small intestine and our large intestine, but really where most issues come from is our large intestine. So when I say gut, I'm typically talking about our large intestine. Our gut epithelial lining is one cell thick, which is crazy when we, yeah, when you think about the thinnest part of the skin, you know, under your eyes or on the inside of your elbow, that's 30 cells thick. So your gut lining that works all day, every day, every time you take a sip of something, every time you eat something, every time you chew gum, every time you eat two M&Ms is working. And it's just really easy to get little micro tears in that gut lining. Our gut cells are held together with little proteins called tight gap junctions. And those proteins release with a hormone called zonulin, which is an inflammatory hormone. So with all of the inflammation that we have in our bodies from our kind of standard American diet, it's just not hard to get little holes in our gut. And then when you have little holes in our gut, we have, you know, the one barrier that's supposed to be keeping our poop particles 
super gross. And our bacteria particles and our food particles and all of that stuff contained is now damaged. And so we get stuff leaking out, which is disgusting. Um, And then that causes all sorts of issues from autoimmune function. And if you think about your immune system, which is what goes and attacks all of your little poop particles that are floating around in your body that shouldn't be, think about how you feel when you have the flu, which is an immune response. Now you're going to feel that way every single time you eat. So we get chronic fatigue, we get brain fog, we get exhaustion, we get eczema and psoriasis, we get all of these crazy things that all come back to that, that one root cause of gut lightning. So how do we heal our gut? The first thing we have to do is we have to stop causing damage to it, right? If you have a cut on your leg, the first thing to do is like pick your leg up off the cement that is cutting it. And then the second thing is we want to protect it because we can't make it heal, but we can protect it while it does heal. So we want to increase that mucosal lining in the gut lining, sort of acting like a Band-Aid to help that gut heal. And then a lot of times what causes dysbiosis or SIBO or issues like that are a, an imbalance of bacteria in our gut. We have too much of the bad stuff and not enough of the good stuff. So with some really strategic prebiotics and probiotics, we want to rebalance that. And then we want to start adding things back in. A lot of times where people get stuck with healing their gut is they'll do some kind of elimination diet and they'll feel really good on the elimination diet. And then they start adding things back in and they feel really terrible again. And it's because they missed those other two steps. They didn't actually repair anything and they didn't rebalance anything. So you can, you know, Take, take the knife off your leg and you feel way better. But as soon as you put the knife back on your leg, you're not going to feel better unless it's healed and you have that barrier back. So that's kind of the long, long and the short of it. How long does that typically take, would you say? Um, it depends on what's going on. But 30 to 90 days is usually when we're doing something really intentionally, how long it takes to heal stuff. And everyone's different because everyone's body heals differently. But you can kind of get a gauge. If you give yourself a paper cut, how long does it take? For that to completely heal, that's a pretty decent gauge of how long it's going to take your body to heal on the inside. I would have to imagine that leaky gut is the root cause of so many things that we just don't even really know about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's my focus. So I would joke that it's like the root cause of everything. There's a couple other things that go in there, you know, like hormone imbalance and stuff like that. But um, Hippocrates, man, 2,500 years ago said that gut health is the root cause of all illness. And we now have the research to back it up. Um, it really is like gut health is the root cause of all illness. And we can extrapolate that to mental illness, physical illness, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. It's fascinating is in my psychology degree, they talked about z- nutrition, 0%. Yep. <laughs> and so yep. I would see clients and I'm like, wait a minute, all you're doing is drinking pop and coffee and eating, you know, and you you probably should drink some water and go for a walk and take some vitamins. That might help. Yeah. And I would see now again, I'm seeing in my mental health as a and community mental health, I was seeing those types of patients. But yeah, I would see people come in with a list of medicines, but they yeah. did not look healthier. And I it was during those years I was like, I don't think the people who go to the doctor a ton are healthy. So I want to be the kind of person that doesn't go to the doctor Yes, because I don't need it, right? Because they're not making me healthy there. Right. No, they're not. And I, you know, I always like to preface it with, I'm a huge fan of Western medicine and we need Western medicine and it's so important. And just like you didn't get nutrition in psychology school, we have, I think it's now five medical schools in the country that offer nutrition and it's, it's like one credit hour. I mean, it's, it's macronutrients and nothing else. And we think about nutrition is the only fuel our body can receive. Like 
that is that is what we run off of. There's a doctor that I really respect, uh, Dr. Nicholas. Oh, his last name is so hard. I'll send it to you for the show notes. Dr. Nicholas D. Nicolotti or something. But he has a quote that says, you know, if you if you go to a doctor and they prescribe you a medicine without asking about your sleep or your exercise or your relationships or your stress level, you have a drug dealer, not a doctor. And I think it's really true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. So let's talk a bit about how gut health impacts your brain. And you did yeah. mention this, that it's kind of like you're living with flu symptoms all the time because yep. your body is trying to attack the particles that shouldn't be there. And it's like on overdrive, essentially, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so a couple, like again, fun functional medicine facts, 95% of our serotonin is actually created in our large intestine which is crazy. So when we're talking about depression and anxiety and we're dealing with that with SSRIs, all we're doing is whatever amount of serotonin is in our body already, we're just preventing our body from reabsorbing it so that our brain can keep using it. We're not actually increasing the amount of serotonin in our body, which is what we actually need if our body isn't producing enough serotonin and we're dealing with depression and anxiety. So when we're dealing with depression and anxiety and we treat it from a gut health perspective, and sometimes SSRIs are needed to kind of bridge a gap, like it's not one or the other, but it's not actually addressing the root cause. If we can get your gut functioning so that your gut does what it needs to do, produce serotonin and melatonin and tryptophan and all of these things, we actually address massive mental health issues. And then you reiterated that perfectly. If your immune system is on high alert all the time because you have stuff leaking out, you're dealing with flu symptoms three times a day, if that's how often you eat, or 15 times a day, if you're a snacker. Um, and if you can think about when you have the flu and how exhausted you feel and how fatigued you feel and how brain foggy you feel, you know, brain fog is such a trigger word right now. Brain fog is a great indication that something is wrong in your gut. And so we fix your gut and your brain starts functioning again, because it's not constantly trying to just keep you alive. Right. It can actually do what it needs to do. Yeah. Right. And so you think of ADD and ADHD or, um, I mean, all of these different symptoms that people may be experiencing when truly getting their gut health correct could be, is probably the root of a lot of things. And it might not fix everything, who knows, but it's going to give you at least a really great foundation. Yeah, exactly. We have a number of clients who have children with autism. And when we can get their gut health functioning, you know, autism doesn't go away. It's not curable, but they are significantly more high functioning when we can get their gut health working properly than before. Now, what I think is really interesting is you said you can now have dairy and gluten and some of the things you used to be allergic to when oftentimes those are considered like the bad guys, like we Mm -hmm. don't want dairy and we, we stay away from those things. But it sounds like maybe that's not the bad guy and the gut is the bad guy or the actual problem. <laughs> the holes in your gut are the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> gluten and dairy tend to be higher inflammatory foods. So they tend to cause people more issues than like carrots and broccoli, right? So if you're already dealing with holes in your gut and you're already dealing with high inflammation and now you add inflammatory foods to the process, everything is going to be way worse. So we see people have enormous positive results when we remove, like, let's just take those two things out and we'll be really good. But when you're dealing with food intolerances, food intolerances are a sign that there's something wrong. So a lot of times we'll have clients come to us who have done one of those online food intolerance tests, which I have very mixed feelings on, but you know, they'll come to us and they'll say, here's the whole list of things that I'm, I, I can't eat. And there's a very big difference between intolerances and allergies. Allergies are an actual histamine response 
um, like a peanut allergy, we're not going to fix that with gut health. A peanut allergy is an actual true allergy that's a histamine response. And intolerance is your body has been exposed to that so often in a way that it shouldn't have, meaning particles of that are leaking out. Your immune system is identifying it as a foreign invader. And now you're having a massive immune response every time you eat that thing. A lot of that's a, that's an intolerance. And so people will come to us with this whole list of like, I can't eat these 40 foods. And I say, okay, I want you to kind of put that over here. We're going to do a gut healing protocol. And then we're going to start adding some of those things back in. And usually people are completely fine because now their gut is working the way it's supposed to. And their immune system isn't responding to that food every time because it's staying contained in their gut lining in the process that it's supposed to be working in. So that's part of it. And then the other part of it is you know, I have clients who absolutely cannot eat wheat in the US, but can in Europe because it's a completely different molecule um, that's making up that wheat protein. Even, you know, genetic modification aside, that's a whole nother can of worms. But we've just crossbred wheat specifically so much so that it's shelf stable. If you buy bread off the shelf and it can last for three weeks, that probably is going to cause you issues. Like that's the kind of gluten that people are having issues with your bread should mold within a couple of days. If it's not, it's not something that your body can really digest and eat well. So there's kind of two ends of that spectrum is if you have gut issues, you're going to have issues with gluten and dairy. If you heal those gut issues, you really should be fine unless you're eating these super highly processed, super highly refined foods that aren't actually food. So would you, how long, if somebody, let's say it takes 30 to 90 days for them to heal their gut, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Now I can have these foods I haven't been able to have for such a long time. Do you find that their gut gets holes again and they just kind of repeat the cycle? How do they keep their gut strong? Yeah, that's a great <laughs> question. I love that question. How do we keep our gut strong? So yes and no. I personally, just because I know that I'm prone to it, I'll take myself through a gut healing protocol about once a year. Just like I would take myself to get a facial, right? It's preventative medicine. And I know that my gut lining is so thin and I know that I'm predisposed to that anyway. So I'm going to do maintenance on that. We have to do maintenance on our gut, just like we take our car to get an oil change. So yes, you can absolutely heal your gut and then revert, especially if you heal your gut and then go back to eating McDonald's and all of these things, right? You're going to get holes in your gut again. But with things like prebiotics and probiotic foods, you can absolutely keep your gut in great shape. So probiotics, people know what that is, right? It's a capsule from your grocery store or better, it's a food. So things like kefir, things like sauerkraut and kimchi and organic tempeh, which is a, a fermented soy that's actually really good as long as you're getting organic non-GMO. Those are great things to help keep your gut microbiome healthy. And if your gut microbiome is healthy, you're probably not going to have issues. And then prebiotics, that's what people don't typically know about. So many people have gut issues and they go take probiotics. I like to say probiotic is the grass seed. So if you, if you have a dirt lawn and you want to grow grass, you put down grass seed one time, that's your probiotics, and then you water it. You put down prebiotics, you put down fertilizer, you give it all these things. So prebiotic foods are things like jicama. They're foods that your bacteria can ferment and digest. And that's what gives it energy. That's what allows your gut to produce the serotonin back to what we were talking about. So jicama, chicory root fiber, quinoa, things that are good, high quality prebiotic foods. If you have that and you're, you're not actively doing damage to your gut by eating junk, you'll be in pretty good shape. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. What about caffeine? How does that do? Oh, that? <laughs> man, caffeine. I call caffeine a drug. Caffeine is a super complex drug. 
it's not necessarily bad. There are some absolute incredible uses for caffeine. So let's see. How can I break this down and make it simple? One, coffee is the number one... Coffee and peanut butter are the number one and number two offenders for mycotoxins, which are mold. So when you're drinking coffee, you want to make sure that you have a mold-free coffee. And that's super important. We have one on our website that we absolutely love. Um, Because if you're adding mold to the system, you're obviously causing damage. So if you're going to drink coffee, drink mold-free coffee. Drinking coffee on an empty stomach can cause serious issues because it's so acidic and your, your gut doesn't know how to deal with that. So drinking coffee with food is really good. And then really what coffee comes down to is not necessarily how your gut's functioning, but actually how your adrenals are functioning. I have a doctor that I worked with at one point who called coffee liquid adrenal failure. And I thought that was really funny because coffee spikes our adrenaline and spikes our cortisol. So, um, And then cortisol affects our gut. So one way that you can know if you can tolerate coffee or not is if you drink coffee and you pretty quickly get loose stools, not just poop, right? Coffee makes a lot of people poop and that's fine. It like gets all the things moving. But if you drink coffee and then you have loose stools, like you have kind of diarrhea or runny stools, that's a great sign that your coffee is actually triggering your cortisol and then your cortisol is affecting your microbiome and that's not a good thing. If you're drinking coffee and that just helps things move along and you're having... I talk about poop all the time. um, So hopefully that's okay. But and you're having, you know, a good solid long stool that's not really sticky and it's like a couple wipes and you're done, then you're probably fine. So coffee is one of those things that is so person by person. Some people tolerate it great and it does wonderful things for their bodies. Some people don't tolerate it at all and it does horrible things for their body, but they drink it every day because they're so tired because of these other underlying issues that they can't function without it. So Coffee is a complex one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have a family member with IBS and she stopped. She went even from regular caffeine to half calf and she yep. said that really impacted her her IBS. Yeah. It makes a huge difference, especially for people who are dealing with, with that kind of stuff. When we take someone through a detox protocol or a gut healing protocol, we take caffeine out totally for that amount of time just because it is so complex. And then we'll add it back in and we'll see how people handle it. But when we're... When we're healing, we take it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I gave up caffeine last year for a few months and I felt so good. Yeah. And then as soon as I had it again, it was like back to yep. <laughs> So I'm, I'm contemplating giving it up again because I think when you drink coffee and you still feel tired or you need coffee to like talk for the day, it's just that to me, that tells me that my adrenals are probably freaking out. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's you. I could not have said that better. If you need coffee to get through your day, something else is wrong. Right, right. Yeah. So the New York Times, a New York Times article recently published an article that says everybody needs a health coach. Yes. What do you think they mean by that? I love that article. I send that article. So we have a couple of doctors practices that we partner with. Um, and I send that article to all of them. So what does that mean? That article is specifically written for medical practitioners, for doctors. And what they were talking about was kind of to go back to that quote from James DiNicolotti. You know, if you have a doctor and he's not asking you about your sleep and your exercise and all of these things, doctors in our Western medicine system don't have time to do that. You know, our insurance system gives doctors 15 minutes. And in that 15 minutes, they have to solve the problem. And the easiest way to do that is to write a script. So that that article is saying everyone needs a health coach because a health coach has time to ask you about your nutrition, to ask you about your fitness, to ask you about your relationships. You know, if you have a super toxic relationship in your life, I can heal your gut, but your cortisol, whenever you're around that person is going to jack you back up again. (laughs) So you need someone who's an ally 
in this journey with you. It also talks to doctors about, you know, people go to doctors, especially now that pre-diabetes and type 2 diabetes and obesity are such an issue in our country. Doctors know that. And so, you know, patients go to doctors and the doctor says, well, I need you to lose weight and start exercising. And then that patient goes home and is like, you know, they might very much want to lose weight and start exercising. But if all you have in your cabinet is Oreos and spaghetti, and you've never been to a gym in your life, you might have all the desire in the world. And how on earth are you going to do that? So health coaches step in and say, all right, cool. Let's like, here's one step that we can take. Here's another step that we can take. So that's that's part of that article. The other part of that article is everyone needs a health coach in, you know, we're not really meant to do life alone. We, we really can't. We need friends, we need family, and we are the sum of the five people that we spend the most time with in our life. And for the most part, you know, take our average American, maybe not you or me, but our average American, our average listener, if you think about those five people, maybe two of them are are healthy and well. And that's that's like a maybe, right? Probably none of them are healthy and well. And so if you want to be healthy and well, you need someone in your life who is advocating for you to be healthy and well. Yeah, I love that article. It's one of my favorite articles. I was so excited when the New York Times published that. I was like, yes, yeah. everyone needs a health coach. Yeah. Yes, you guys, I'm sure we could all search it on, on Google and find it easily. Yes. But you're right. I, I'm, in my programs, I talk about the three pillars of a dream life, health, relationships, and meaningful work. Yes. And if we have drama or crisis, chaos in any of those areas, like we can't build a thriving business if we don't feel good. Right. Or if there's relationship drama and we're walking on eggshells or, you know, our brain has only so much brain space. And so we want to create healthy habits in all three of those areas so we can really focus on our next goal, on our next dream, on whatever the next thing is. The other, if we've got issues in any of those three areas, we're easily derailed. Yep. Easily derailed. Immediately derailed. Yeah. Right. Right. Totally. Um, so <laughs> question, is there like the best diet that you find yourself referring people to? Oh man. Um, no, not really. So when I, when I hear diet, I think of what everyone else in the world probably thinks of as diets, the food in the box, keto, paleo, et cetera. Right. I love to say, so there's nothing new under the sun and there's nothing new under the sun. Keto from today is Atkins from 20 years ago. Like it's not It's not new. There's nothing new about it. There's no new research. It's exactly the same. It didn't work then. It's not going to work now. The best quote-unquote diet, which we call food plans or eating plans or lifestyle plans, is eat real food, mostly plants, not too much. Like well-rounded carbohydrates, proteins, fats that are real food. I say if you can eat your food in as close to the way that it came out of the dirt state as possible. That doesn't mean raw. I'm not talking about raw food, but like eat actual carrots. Don't eat baby carrots that have been pulverized and then bleached. A lot of people don't know that baby carrots have been bleached. Great way to mess up your microbiome. Just eat bleach. Yeah. Um, Yep. You know, eat chicken that was... That's actual chicken, not chicken nuggets. Eat fish that was recently caught. Eat burger that was, you know like recently butchered, eat things in their most natural state. That is the absolute best diet plan. I did a personal training certification before I got into functional medicine. And I think a lot of people think of personal trainers sometimes as kind of gimmicky when it comes to diets. Like I can make you lose 20 pounds in two weeks. Absolutely. I can make that happen. You won't keep it off. Right. And you'll damage your metabolism and you're going to get really unhealthy. But my personal training program, one of the things it talked about was the only... So there's a group, I think it 
I think it was Harvard, I'll have to remind myself of that, but did a long-term 30-year study on every diet that is known to man and the long-term results of what happened. And what they found were two things. One, the only quote diet that actually works is whole, real foods, eat mostly plants, real food, not too much. Anybody who had done some kind of formal weight loss plan in a 20-year period had a statistically significantly increased risk of becoming obese than anybody who had not done a diet plan. And what they found is that on average, anybody who does a diet plan within a one-year period ends up 10 pounds heavier than they were when they started. So if you think about that, you want to lose 10 pounds, you do three diets, you're actually 30 pounds heavier than when you started. Like that's not good. And that's a 30-year research study. So is there a diet that works? No, there aren't any diets that work. Are there diets that are good for a short period of time? Yes. Every once in a while, we'll talk to a client about doing you know, a carnivore diet with clients who have absolutely crazy food intolerances. And we're trying to figure out what's going on for a very short period of time. But that is a fabulous medicinal diet. For people who are dealing with type 2 diabetes, a kind of keto-based diet, we call it the mito diet or the or your mitochondria diet. One of the best things that you can do, but in the short term, right? You're not going to do this long term. Things like a paleo diet are fantastic for decreasing inflammation and losing weight, but you can't do them long term. So no diet is good long term. No formalized weight loss plan will work. I promise you that. It's a the diet industry is a three billion dollar industry with a ninety five percent fail rate. Like, why are we still giving them money? <laughs> Um, if your mechanic said, you, I'm going to pay you, you're going to pay me $300 and there's a 95% chance that your brakes are going to go out at the next stop sign. Like I would not pay them. Um, and yet we keep paying, paying the diet industry. So the best thing that you can do for your body is figure out what your body actually needs and do that. And do something that is sustainable long-term. Like I love what you said, a lifestyle eating plan, not a, yes. not a cut a singular food group out forever. But I do have a question because I recently, just this past weekend, saw an article about the myth of moderation. And mm -hmm. I thought this was really fascinating because I've done a few bodybuilding competitions and they take you down extremes. And yeah. so several times I have gone super lean. I've given up half my life you know, you just, like, can't go out to eat and it's just like everything is just so extreme and then I absolutely have gone back to where I started and then even more because you're a bit bingy or you're like no I can finally have it I mean it's just this super crazy cycle and so although I enjoyed those pictures it's certainly not a lifestyle at all I mean you drink water and eat a tomato and you're you know you're it comes right back and when you're doing that extreme it can feel like, well, I'll have a cookie in moderation or I'll have dessert in moderation. And you feel like I don't want to be all or nothing thinking there is no good or bad food. I'll just do it sometimes. But I know for me, when I've sometimes had peanut butter, I end up having three spoonfuls. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm only having a big, huge cookie every day. So I feel like um, there's this balance of thinking you know, I'll have sugary foods sometimes, but then that sometimes can be a slippery slope, which is why I think this only eating healthy and working out is a really gray way to describe the world. Yeah. And I'm curious your take on that, because I've learned for myself that I just have to be a person who doesn't eat cookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So I think it's a both and. I think so one of one sugar is addictive. It's actually more addictive than cocaine. So that's a pretty stout thing to think about. And you know, when we talk about something that is addictive, sometimes abstinence is is what you need. Like I just need to be a person who doesn't eat cookies. What we talk about in functional medicine and live nurse coaching is we put food into four categories and what we ask our clients is by the time you're done working with me, I want you to be able to make a nourishing choice 100% of the time. And like you read in my bio, a nourishing choice sometimes is a burger and fries and not a salad. And sometimes it's a nap and not a run. But in order to get there, you have to understand what you're nourishing and that you can be nourishing something other than just cutting for a competition. Obviously, if you're cutting for a competition, you probably just need to not eat cookies. If you're a normal human on a normal day, figuring out where you're sitting in that in those four categories. And ideally, you know, if we made a little chart, you'd be smack in the middle. So those four categories are the first one is calories, energy in, energy out, right? Food is energy. And if you don't have it, you crash. If you have too much of it, your body stores it. That's what every diet plan on the planet talks about is just that ratio. But what they miss are the other four, the other three categories. So energy, food is also information. One of the things that drives me nuts about a lot of the diet plans that are out there that are kind of points-based, we know what they are, are uh, they put Diet Coke and broccoli in the same category. They equate Diet Coke and broccoli. Those are not the same thing. Um, when you put Diet Coke in your body, you trigger an immune response. There's a reason it doesn't have any calories because your body doesn't recognize it as food. Your body recognizes it as a foreign invader versus broccoli. Your body has a hormonal reaction with the sulforaphane. Your body starts going through apoptosis, which is scheduled cell death. That's why it's so great for cancer prevention. Very different information that you're putting in your body. And so if all you're thinking about is calories, you're missing like half the point, right? Diet Coke and broccoli are not the same thing. So calories, energy, information. Then there's medicine, which is what we were kind of talking about with food. Some food is the fastest way to heal yourself or the slowest way to kill yourself. And so there are times when you need to do a medicinal food plan to heal something. If you're dealing with anxiety and depression, you might need to do you know, a 30-day food switch up to help your body increase your serotonin. Do you need to do that for the rest of your life? No. Um, if you're trying to heal your gut, you might need to be on an elimination food plan for a short period of time because it's medicinal to help you heal. Do you need to do that forever? No. But in that time, when you're focusing on medicine, moderation is not helpful. Like if you eat sugar, it's going to damage your gut and we're going to go back to back to point A. Um, so yeah, medicine. And then the third one, which I think is where the idea of moderation can kind of fall in, but in a very different lens that helps us think differently is food is connection. Food is connection to ourselves. It's connection to culture, to tradition, to all of these things. And where most people that I've worked with have, quote, fallen off the wagon is when they're doing a diet, they're doing a food plan and a birthday comes up and they want to eat cake or Thanksgiving comes up or Christmas comes up and and this pull to connection to ourselves, to our culture, to our friends and our family overtakes that desire to eat X amount of points. And now, because we don't know how to make nourishing choices, we're, you know, 14 cookies in instead of like, yeah, I make cookies with my grandma on Christmas. And so I'm going to make cookies with my grandma on Christmas. And I'm going to enjoy some of those cookies because it's one day out of the year, right? Am I going to eat cookies the rest of the year? No, but I am going to make cookies with my grandma on Christmas. Am I going to eat stuffing and mashed potatoes with all of the cream on Thanksgiving? Yeah, because that is connection to my family. Am I going to make you know mashed potatoes with 
with cream cheese on a Tuesday? No, I'm not. Um, But honoring that connection. And so as you're navigating this life, getting conscious of your choice, you know, I have so many people who work in offices and they bring in donuts every day. And so, you know, they just go into the office and they grab a donut and they eat it. And so one of the questions that I ask my clients is, was that a nourishing choice? Were you putting that in your mouth because it was giving you joy because it was connecting you to another employee? Or were you putting that in your mouth because it was there on the table? And most of the time, it's because it was there on the table. And so if we can get our mindset right to go, hmm, there's a donut. Is that a nourishing choice for me right now? It's not. Like, I'm going to go drink some water. I'm going to go get a carrot. Or like, I'm actually not hungry. I don't need anything. I'm just going to go back to my desk. That's what we want is can you make a nourishing choice 100% of the time? When you're exhausted at the end of a week, maybe going to the gym is actually not the right choice. Maybe taking a nap and relaxing is the right choice. That's kind of how we treat moderation, which isn't moderation at all, right? It's it's really not... being mindful. It seems yeah. like it's really learning your body, learning what your body is saying, learning what your body really needs, and then listening to it. And exactly. I think I could say, at least for myself, there's a season where I didn't even know I was bloated every day. You know, I remember ah. I used to say, I have a liquid diet, coffee, water, wine, and protein drinks. <laughs> Yeah. And and I didn't feel good and I was bloated. And it wasn't until I really started learning how to cook and eating whole foods and all that kind of stuff that I I knew what it felt like to feel good. So then yes. I could know what it felt like to not feel good anymore. Yeah. And if you've never known what it felt like to feel good, and then you think feeling bad is normal, uh-huh. um, you don't even like I think that's where the elimination stuff really comes in handy because then you can really see and get to know your body in the process. Yeah, absolutely. That's so well said. So many people are so comfortable feeling terrible all the time. Yeah. And that's just normal. And our bodies are designed to keep us alive. So, you know, people say, well, if I cut out gluten and then I add it back in, I'm going to have an allergic reaction. I say, well, maybe, um, but maybe your body's telling you that it's been like mitigating the damage. And so you're going to remove it and then you're going to add it back in and your body's going to explode because you, you've finally given it a break. And so it can actually have the reaction that it needs to have instead of like your body's designed to keep you alive. So if you're putting stuff in it that it doesn't want, it's going to figure out what to do with that. Yeah. Yep. Well said. What key nutrients do you think we should be working to get each day? One is phytonutrients. Phytonutrients are the magic chemicals that make food multiple colors. And the ideal is that we would have at least one of every color in our diet every day. That is pretty impossible. So supplementing with a phytonutrient supplement is a great thing to do. But it's also a fabulous just kind of grid to have. Sometimes I'll have my clients tape the rainbow to their refrigerator and they get to check off when they have one. And just the act of increasing the color in your food by 50%, like our we call it the SAD diet. The standard American diet is very beige, right? Like French fries, chicken nuggets, gravy, potatoes. It's everything is beige or gray. And so the simple act of increasing the amount of color in your diet by 50%, people have incredible results. They're like, oh my gosh, I actually have energy. Oh yeah, because the chemicals, phytonutrients are what your body needs to make energy. So that's a huge one. Whether you're getting it in your diet by eating every color every day or you're supplementing with a phytonutrient supplement, we have a couple on our website that we really love. That's one that you absolutely have to have. The next one, so there's four that I say we have to have to function as humans. The next one is magnesium. Magnesium is in charge of 300 plus different functions in our body. 
And we should be getting it from food because of industrialized farming and the way that we're treating our soil. We just don't have it anymore. 80% of Americans are deficient in magnesium and we have to have magnesium. It's like a miracle drug. I can cure everything from restless leg syndrome to like insomnia with magnesium. So magnesium lysinate or glycinate are the two best magnesium citrate or oxide. Just avoid those. Um, So getting a magnesium supplement in your diet, vitamin D3, K2, one, those two have to be paired together unless you have a blood clotting issue. Did you say vitamin D or B? D, D as in dog. D3, K2. D3, K2. Yep. So D3 is what allows calcium to be absorbed into our bones. It's the K2 that directs the D3 and the calcium to our bones. If we don't have K2, calcium gets absorbed wherever it is in our bodies, which is into our arteries. And then we get atherosclerosis. So D3, K2 have to be paired together. But then the reason D3 is so important is anyone living north of the 38th parallel between the months of October and May, we just cannot get enough sunlight to be sufficient in D3. There's no way, even if you're outside all day. And then if you work in an office during the summer months, you're still not getting enough D3. So that one is huge for brain health, for gut health, for for serotonin production, for anxiety reduction. D3 is massive. And then the third one is actually vitamin D. (laughs) Vitamin B12. So we used to think that only vegans and vegetarians were deficient in vitamin B. What we now know, and we we thought we could get, we got that from animals. What we now know is B12 specifically is actually produced by a bacteria in the soil. So the reason we got it from meat is because cows would eat grass with the dirt and the bacteria and they would get all of that and then they would pass it to us. Same thing with chickens and pigs, whereas vegans and vegetarians would wash all the dirt off their vegetables and they're not getting it. Same thing with magnesium because of industrial farming and all of these things, that bacteria is now not as prevalent as it was before. So five in seven people are now deficient in B12 because we're just not getting it. So if you're dealing with energy or brain fog, that's a great place to start because you're probably deficient in B12. So magnesium, phytonutrients, D3, K2, and B are the the absolute baselines, things, everything that we need. Is there a multivitamin that has them all or do we need to take them separately? Oh man, I hate multivitamins. Um, (laughs) Is the answer. There's one multivitamin that I like. It's from Mother Earth Labs. Same thing, you can get it on our website. Um, It's a liquid multivitamin and it's derived from whole foods. And it has a good amount of a lot of the things that we need. It doesn't have D3. We can't get D3 from plants. So that has to be in an oil-based supplement. Um, And D3 is fat soluble. So it needs to be liposomal. So it needs to be in kind of like an oil capsule. So that one on its own is pretty solid. If you are one of... I'm a nutritionist and I don't eat every color every day. I try. Like I make a solid effort. Um, and I don't do it. So we have one on our website called Juice Plus that we love um, that is backed by 50 plus uh, PubMed gold standard double reviewed uh, things. We love that one. There's a, a couple other phytonutrient supplements like um, Active Greens that are great. So if you can eat every color every day, do that. That is way better than anything you could take for phytonutrients. But when it comes to D3, magnesium, and vitamin B, you're just probably not going to get it from food, right? And you guys, you can go to her website, livenourishedcoaching.com, and you'll see a resources tab that has all of the supplements that she's talking about today. And you also have the ability for people to get a free consultation with you. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're dealing with any of those things, gut health or brain fog or chronic fatigue, or you just... Um, there's a great Instagram thing going around right now that's like, do you just feel like the check engine light is on? And you're just kind of like, that's 
fine. If you feel like that, <laughs> come book a consult with us. Um, it's free. We would love to talk to you. If we are the right fit for you, we will help you take the next step. And if we're not the right fit for you, we will refer you out. It's really important to us that you find who you need to help you. So we've got 60 plus referrals that we we send people to if we're not the right fit. So yeah, book a free consult with us on our website. It's the top button. And we'd love to talk to you. So what would you say to somebody who's been feeling maybe like that? Like they've been, they've gotten used to feeling sick or lethargic or bloated or, and they're just not quite sure if something's wrong. They just know that they don't feel great. What would you say to them? That's not normal. So what (laughs) you have started to accept as normal is not normal. And it's really very easily fixable. It's not some crazy thing that's going to take like years and years. Most of the time, we have a couple of clients who are very complex, but um, most of the time it's going to take 30 to 120 days and you're going to feel awesome. And it's it's micro lifestyle changes. It's not crazy huge 180s. Um, I tell my clients all the time, like none of this is rocket science. It's very simple, basic things that are very implementable into your life. I'm not going to ask you to go to the gym six days a week. So yeah, it's not normal and it's fixable. So if you're not sure, just come talk to us. Well, help and you. I think as a self-sabotage coach, right? I would say if it were easy, you'd already be doing it. So totally get some help because if it, it's really just about learning new habits, learning mm-hmm. new habits that are taking you where you want to go. And you need to know, number one, what those habits are. And number two, have the accountability so you actually finish what you start. Yes. We need to, like you said, be surround ourselves with people who are three steps ahead of us. So we are a bit more motivated and we know that they're going to ask. We will do way more when we know that people are going to check in on us. And so I always try to put myself in a situation where I experience success, which means I don't try to figure it out on my own and I ask for help quickly. Yes. So well said, especially the figuring out on your own right now. If you go Google like leaky gut system, oh my gosh, you are going to get so far down the rabbit trail and get so confused so fast. Yeah. Get help. <laughs> Get don't help. don't exactly. try to do it on your own. Yeah. yeah. By having a roadmap to follow makes takes the guesswork out. And then if you, you then you're gonna get feedback along the way, which I think is priceless. Super so priceless. all right, I've got two last questions for you. Yes. The first one is what is a book that you that either either in your nutrition studies mm. or in your starting your own business that you feel like was a pivotal point or gave you a big aha moment or something you would like to recommend? Oh man, I have so many. Let me look at my bookshelf. Um, Let's see. So nutrition wise, I would say The Food Fix by Dr. Mark Hyman. Incredible book. Dr. Mark Hyman was actually one of my professors. Absolutely fantastic place to start. Uh, Starting my business. Let's see. There's so many. I would say The E-Myth. Um, the email is by who is that by Michael Gerber, Michelle Gerber? Wait, yeah, Michael Gerber. Yeah, Michael Gerber. Absolutely fabulous. That that so helped me focus on what I actually needed to do to move the needle and not get sucked down the you have to post on Instagram thirty times a day and blah 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 blah. That helped me get really really dialed and focused on on my mission is to help people heal. So how do I actually help people heal? Awesome. And then yeah. my last question to you is what is one thing you do every day that you can't live without? Oh, that's so good. I get outside and I get fresh air. No matter what the weather, I live in Colorado. So sometimes it's beautiful and sunny and sometimes it's like 15 degrees and snowy. But I get outside for at least six minutes every single day. And I do six minutes because it's a little bit longer than five. 
So it, it feels substantial, but it's less than 10 because sometimes 10 minutes feels like too much. Um, and for me, that's like a walk around my block. And usually that ends up turning into way more than six minutes, but I get outside for six minutes every day, no matter what. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Hallie, for sharing your expertise and your wisdom with us. You guys check out livednourishcoaching.com. The links will be in the show notes below. Book a 30-minute free consult so you can see what it is you may need support in the most and if they've got a plan for you. Um, or at the very least, check out the resources tab and grab some of these supplements because I think most of us are probably deficient and we don't even really realize how good we could feel. So thank you, Hallie, for um, being on today and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for having me, Denise. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.